Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Podcast. My name is Andrew Frezza, and today we're gonna to be talking about coaching intensity. And what I mean by coaching intensity is basically that as a coach in a group class, we're coaching the effort or pacing of our athletes as opposed to just coaching and correcting their technique. And this is something that if you guys enjoy and you wanna hear more stuff like this, I'd highly recommend checking out our Rockstar Coaching course and basically, all these concepts, what we're trying to do is find more opportunities for you as coaches, open your eyes to these opportunities on the coaching floor to, to prevent you guys from getting bored or complacent on the floor and be able to give more value, give more benefits to your athletes, okay? And just kind of a side note on that is if you are ever feeling bored as a coach, I really challenge you to double down on your technical knowledge, double down on your preparation for that particular class. A lot of us get complacent because we run out of things to coach, we run out of things to teach, and what's what's happening is we're not pushing ourselves to get better, we're not looking for more opportunities to add value, and I believe that coaching intensity, hopefully after hearing this podcast, you're going to see where this is another opportunity that's missed for you to add value to your athletes, okay? So if you like stuff like this, you like this podcast, definitely check out the Rockstar Coaching Course, especially if you're an owner that wants to translate this to your team better um, but I, I this podcast is going to focus on coaching intensity and I believe it's one of the biggest missed opportunities out there and what I'm specifically referring to is movements like running rowing biking skiing jump rope burpees right these monostructural movements where there there may not be that much to technically coach and uh, just a quick note on that even though we're not going to focus on it here there is a lot to technically coach in those movements, but I find that most of us are either technically coaching those movements or we're not. So if you're not already doing it, do it. But I think this is a, a place, this podcast is gonna cover a topic that a lot of people just aren't thinking about, which is coaching intensity. So what are some ways that this might play out in a group class environment? Um, so a couple examples, and one thing that's really key here is that the road, the bike, and the ski especially present a unique opportunity that we don't have with really any other thing that we do in a CrossFit gym. These three pieces of equipment, they provide our pace in real time to us right in front of our eyes. So they have the ability for us to, to really dial in uh, pacing and intensity in a way that we can't really do anywhere else. So that's first and foremost, just understanding the opportunity that's there with those specific pieces of equipment. And what I like about that is we can give athletes a pacing goal. We can give them an RPM goal to hit, and then we can challenge them to hit that. And it's not always about pushing people to go harder. In a lot of cases, especially in the beginning of workouts, we're actually pushing people to slow down, and we're giving them a number that slows them down initially, but it's gonna be really hard for them to hold for the entirety of that workout. So you know, keep it simple. Maybe we're just doing 100 calorie for time assault bike and you have someone who's going out at 80 RPMs that you know won't be able to sustain that for more than 30 seconds. So you can tell that athlete immediately, hey, dial it back to 70, 70 RPMs or 65 RPMs and let's hold that the entirety of this time. And then when we get to that final 10 calories, I want you to bump it up to 75 again. Um, maybe it's a workout like Jackie. If you guys think about Jackie, 1,000 meter row, 50 thrusters, 30 pull-ups. If you know about that workout, you've done it before, you know the row doesn't play a huge part for the everyday athlete. Once you become advanced and you're trying to get 
sub six minute times and things like that, then yeah, the row starts to play into it. But if you have an average athlete that's starting that workout at a 140 pace on the row, then it's your job to tell that athlete to back off. If you know that that's an unsustainable pace, if you know they're going to blow up on the thrusters of the pull-ups, then help them out with that. Get them to a number, hey, I want you to hold two minutes for the, for the entire two, two, uh, 1,000 meters, right? Give them a number that they can hold. Give them a range that they can hold. And then when it comes time to push them, they're going to respect that a lot more. So when you're doing assault bike sprints and you're giving them an RPM number to aspire to, hey, I want you, I want my men to hit 100 plus RPMs. I want my, want my women to hit 80 or 85 plus RPMs. They're going to respect that number that much more because you're willing to tell them when to back off as well. All right. So it's giving you more tools in the toolbox and also giving athletes more respect over those tools um, when you go and try to wield those things. Um, another thing, maybe for, for running or burpees, maybe you're doing a workout where um, it's an interval workout and uh, we've done a workout like cement mixer where you're seeing run paces over and over and over again, or maybe it's 800 meter repeats. You can have athletes track those numbers for themselves. So you don't have to necessarily be the one tracking those numbers, but a big thing that you can bring to the table as a coach is accountability. Hey, what were your first two rounds? Okay, great. On this round, I want you to shoot for this number. I want you to be under this number. Um, maybe it's understanding where an athlete breaks down. Um, you're doing, if you're doing 400 meter uh, repeats, a lot of athletes are going to break down in that second or third uh, to last round. Okay, whether you're doing four rounds or eight rounds, it's generally that second to third last round. So you push them to hit a certain number in those second to last or third to last rounds when they would normally back off or they would normally let themselves kind of give up a little bit, that's where you hold them to a standard that you know they can hit. And so this this concept, hopefully it's not too new to you guys and you've probably intro been introduced to it in the level one. If you guys remember the example from the level one, um, the example that I was given at mine was like a shooting example. So when we're, we're talking about matching technique with intensity that's really what the conversation really is about with this podcast um, with that shooting example they give it's do you want someone who's going to be able to make 10 out of 10 shots into a target but it's going to take them three minutes to do it or do you want someone that's going to make only three out of 10 shots but it's going to take them 30 seconds they're going to do it five times as fast but they're going to miss the target seven more times out of 10 or do you want someone that's going to make eight out of 10 shots? They're going to miss the target only one or two times, but it's only going to take them a minute to do. So they're 30 seconds slower than the fastest person, but they're on target almost as much, only two less times than the slowest person, right? If you're in an actual gunfight, you're going to want that person that has that balance of speed and intensity with technique. And that's really what this conversation is about is with things like running and rowing and biking and skiing, there tends to be a little less to coach. Again, I, I would maybe argue that with certain movements or um, depending on how well we've already coached those things technically, but let's assume the technique is already pretty sound. There's not a lot there that we're going to do to hurt ourselves. Then at that point, we need to start coaching intensity and getting more of our athletes. If they're hitting a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 in terms of their technique, that's when there's a good opportunity for us to push them um, especially at the end of a workout when you're not going to be trying to really change someone's rowing technique at the end of a 2k row, right? 
that's a chance for you to not just get get rah-rah and get loud, although that has its place, but to give specific benchmarks that they can hit, right? So example with that 2K row, you, let's say you see someone and they're beautifully dialed in at like 24 strokes a minute for their 2K row and they're pushing it, they're working hard. You can tell it's really, really hard for them to, to keep their pace, but they're just sitting at 24 strokes a minute for their first 500, 1,000, 1,500 meters of that 2K row. When they get to that last 500 meters, you better get on them to get that stroke rate up. Hey, bump this up to 27. Final 250, your stroke rate should be at 35 plus. Speed up your cycle time. Recover faster, right? At that point, there's nothing after that 2K row they need to be ready for. So they don't need to, to pace and recover um, on getting back into that catch position, right? They just need to speed up their cycle time and go and find that deep place. So you have to have those gears for your athletes and be able to give those um, to them um, the same way that you would if you were working out yourself. So part of this takes an understanding of, of lactic threshold. Part of this takes a huge understanding of your athletes and what their capabilities are. Um, but just to kind of touch on that lactic threshold piece for a second, I think the original CrossFit mindset has always been like, go out hard and survive, right? Like just go at a pace that is just insane, ridiculously hard to hold and then fight through the pain for the remainder of that workout, regardless of how work that long that workout is. And we've gotten smarter over time. And the biggest thing I remember from the aerobic capacity course with Chris Hinshaw is the first thing you need to do as an athlete is assess time domains. And the first thing you need to do as a coach, if you want to help your athletes coach intensity, is you have to look at the time domain of that workout. The 20 minute workout and a two minute workout should be attacked very differently. If you go out in the first two minutes of a 20 minute workout, the same way you would go out in the two minutes of a two minute workout, then you're setting yourself up for failure. And we, we don't get fitter by doing that. That's really the key point is let's say, let's, let's go for that 20 minute workout. If you go out hard for the first two minutes, you're going to have a high power output for two minutes. But that 18 other 18 minutes, even though it hurts really bad, even though you're you're still working hard and you're fighting through a lot of pain, you're going so slow in those next 18 minutes because you went out so way too hard in the first two minutes that even though you have a lot of pain there, you haven't really gotten fitter in those last 18 minutes. You've spent a lot of time away from your lactic threshold. You spent a lot of time moving with low intensity actually and a low power output if we look at what your max sustainable capability was in that workout and there's an opportunity for us as coaches to help people dial in that lactic threshold and i think it's especially doable with with movements like running rowing biking skiing and jump rope and burpees where it is more of that monostructural movement we might have a machine to help us reference our pacing and, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to create smarter athletes. We're trying to create athletes that can someday take ownership of their fitness and make those adjustments themselves. But we're starting to lead them to water. We're starting to give them the path to make those adjustments and, and become smarter and more knowledgeable athletes. Okay, So in order to really implement this, it, it actually takes a lot from you. Okay, You have to be, one, you have to know your athletes. Um, two, you have to be very observant to their perceived effort in any given workout. So you have to be able to look at your athletes and maybe you see them, 
you see them on the rower to start Jaffe and you're assessing the number on the screen as well as what you're seeing in their body. You're assessing what you know about their thruster capabilities and what you know about their pull-up capabilities. And you're gonna dial in a pace for them and give them something concrete that they can work towards based off that number. Maybe it's, hey, I want you to slow down, just keep your pace under 205. That's something I really like is giving someone like a ceiling for them to stay under. Okay, I want you to just stay under 210 for this, this pace. So that way, no matter how tired you get, you can't go above this number. Because a lot of people, again, they go way too hard and then you see them blow up and they, they're moving at a snail's pace. And especially when you're doing calories on these uh, pieces of equipment, if you start slowing down too much, if you let that power output drop, then the numbers just don't budge. Um, and then it also takes a huge knowledge of the workouts themselves, right? And this, talked about this in other podcasts, this is one of the reasons why it's so important to do workouts yourself. If it's, if it's not a repeat workout, if it's not a benchmark workout, and you haven't experienced that workout firsthand, it's gonna be a lot harder for you to coach intensity in other athletes. If you don't know where you felt like breaking down and where you're able to push through, right? It's not gonna always be true for other athletes, but that's gonna give you a deeper level of knowledge and understanding to that workout that you can then provide to your athletes, okay? So hopefully this gives you guys some tools um, to make yourself a better coach. Again, the key to this is to be specific and to not always be the coach that's just rah-rah telling you to go harder, go faster, but having those days where you're telling people to back off a little bit, you're telling people to speed up and you're using specific numbers to do it and making your, your athletes smarter and more knowledgeable.